It's Tuesday, January 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, winter uh, weekend here finally hit. The snow finally hit in Cleveland. Uh, everything ground to a halt. The roads are all blocked. It's sort of a, a metaphor for the negotiations on the MLB lockout right now. Uh, things are pretty much at a standstill. Uh, what are you hearing and what's the latest? I know you wrote over the weekend about what both sides are looking for in negotiations. Uh, what uh, what are some of those things? What's, what's come out of the conversations that the two sides have had so far? Yeah, well, they, you know, they first they had their first meeting since the lockout was declared on December 2nd. And the meeting took place Thursday, Joe. It was a video uh, conference call lasted about an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much. You know, from I, I don't think there's been much movement on on either side. Uh, you know, they've uh, they're still talking about a lottery for uh, to prevent tanking, um, to uh, you know, a lottery for the bottom draft for the bottom teams with the worst records every year. You know, the MLB wants three teams. You know. Um, has suggested three teams and uh, the players want, want to, you know, make, expand that field to about eight. Um, you know, the, uh, the luxury tax ceiling uh, owners have uh, would like to push it to two, you know, have said they'll, they'll expand it to 214 million. The uh, players wanted to 248 million to encourage teams to spend more money you know, and, and to do away with the tax of penalties for teams that I guess, you know, go past that or, you know, go past uh, that, that, uh, that salary buffer. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, let's see, and, um, you know, in, in uh, you know, the owners have said they'll, you know, do away with uh, draft pick compensation. Now, I don't know if that means a qualifying offer or not, but that's out, out there, you know, they, they will raise the, uh, you know, the, the uh, minimum salary. Um, and uh, the players are uh, still, um, you know, they, they want to decrease the revenue sharing by a hundred million dollars uh, to, because they believe, uh, you know, smaller market teams are, are not using the revenue sharing to improve the, you know, the quality of play on the field. So those are some of the things they're talking about that 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 last one there the uh the the revenue sharing and making sure that the uh the smaller market teams uh invest that in is there a way to make that you know earmark that or, or target that for payroll specifically because uh you got to imagine that that's what the players are, are most upset about is you got teams like a like a pittsburgh maybe that that doesn't uh, necessarily invest whatever revenue sharing they get back into the club in terms of payroll. Yeah. I, you know, the MLB, the, the players association can, has a, you know, they oversee that they, they, they watch where that money goes, you know, that it's, and it, there's language in the basic agreement to say how teams can spend that. And it, you know, it's not just, you know, on the field improvements, but, you know, let's say, uh, you know, you're you're improving your facilities. You're improving your facilities in spring training. Your or your facilities in uh, the Dominican Republic. You know that 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 all counts. You know goes into the revenue sharing 
kind of pot. And uh, I think that's what the players probably have uh, some problems with. Well, uh, interesting you bring up the uh, the facilities uh, outside of the United States uh, in the in the Dominican Republic uh, over the weekend. Uh, Cleveland had what fifteen international uh, prospects sign uh, with the club, including their their top two. Uh, I want to get these these names right uh, on the individuals that signed. Uh, Jason Chirio and Victor Isturis uh, have signed. Uh, with the Guardians uh, moving forward. Uh, these are what uh, both uh, kids from Venezuela, right? Yeah, one outfielder, Joe, and, uh, and a catcher. Uh, um, Cheerio is the outfielder, and uh, Isturis is the catcher. Uh, both 16 received, you know, $1.2 million uh, signing bonuses. Uh, the, the Indians, I mean, the Guardians – you know, we're one of the teams with uh, with a signing bonus pool of a, just over six million, the, the most a, a team can get, you know, among the 30 teams. And uh, they signed 15 players. And Asturias is kind of an interesting guy because his uncles w- both played in the big leagues. Masior mm-hmm. uh, Asturias, uh, who spent, you know, like six years in the Indians minor league system. And right. the Cesar uh, Asturias was uh, his other uncle. And Masur had a great career after he got out of Cleveland. They traded him to Montreal. And then he played a little bit there for the Expos and then really had a nice career with the with the Angels. Played about eight or nine years there. And just, you know, good all-around uh, kind of utility player. Uh, but Asturias is, a, you know, uh, Victor's a, a catcher. So, and they certainly need uh, catching. But these kids are just 16, Joe. I mean, who knows what the organization will look like when when they're ready to play and what the needs will be. Right. As I'm as I'm looking at this list of, of 15 players that signed Saturday, uh, again, for an organization that has a lot of uh, middle infielders in their in their development program, uh, there were cer- certainly a lot of shortstops. Now, obviously, these are these are guys that can move all around the diamond at this point. They're still very young. Uh, but he, you see shortstop after so many of these names and it, it really, uh, you know, it really just sort of makes you ask the question, you know, are they, are they really just only looking for shortstops, uh, out of, out of Venezuela and the Dominican and, and all these other, uh, you know, uh, places where they have signed, they, they've done a really good job, I guess, of, of mining that, uh, of mining Venezuela as a, as a resource for, um, for infielders. Uh, heck, it even it, it's one of their greatest. I guess one of their greatest infielders of all time comes from Venezuela. So I guess it makes sense. Uh, even even though the Indians didn't draft Omar Vizquel, uh, it might have pointed them in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it, it's interesting because there were a lot of uh, uh, you know kids signed out of Venezuela. Uh, the Guardians did, and usually it's it's so you know we, uh, you know weighted toward the Dominican Republic. So. You know, and, and uh, so it's, it's so hopefully they're making, you know, some, you know, regaining a foothold in, in uh, Venezuela, where is where where the talent is concerned. And I think they bring all those kids, all the signees to the Dominican Republic into the, their academy there. Right. That was going to be my next question was these are all kids who are going to show up at the Dominican Academy. They're going to probably complete their their high school equivalency uh, there while they work uh, at the facility. Uh, during the season, uh, and you know, we always get to 
to see those photo op moments with the the graduates every year, um, you know, in caps and gowns at the at the Dominican facility, always a, a neat sight to see. Uh, and, and we know Anna Bolton is uh, one of the, uh, the folks in charge of the the education program down there. She was a the, the translator with the big league club for uh, a few seasons back then. Do we know? Can we can we speculate? Is there a, a future Jose Ramirez among this group of international signees? That's where Jose came from. I mean. Uh, it was. It would be completely unheard of to to have uh, a, a talent the level of, of Jose Ramirez, but you know, come out of this group of fifteen guys, uh, it, it's fun to dream like that, huh? Yeah, and uh, the thing is, Joe, that you know the Indian uh, the Guardians have really taken advantage of this uh, international, you know, free agents uh, signing period. You look at the forty man roster, uh, you know. Uh, 11 players uh, from, uh, you know, that were international free agents are on this, on the 40, man. That's 28% of the, of the roster. And not all of them were, you know, uh, selected by them. You know, they acquired a bunch of guys through the draft, but uh, four of those players that were added in November were from their 2017 class, you know, of free agents. So, you know, they're making, not only are they, you know, making use of this, uh, you know, this, this kind of, you know, uh, avenue for acquiring talent, you know, they're getting the right kind of talent and, and they're, you know, they're, they're pushing it through the system. Right. Uh, coming up uh, later on this week, we are scheduled, I believe on Thursday to get a, a final confirmation, final word on what the uh, guardians coaching staff at the major league level is going to look like. Uh, we, we know that they've, they've hired a, 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 hit, a hitting coach in Chris Valleca, uh, and they, you know, there's different moving parts there. I think we, we haven't really gotten an official announcement on an assistant pitching coach to replace Ruben Niebla. That might be coming on Thursday. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, obviously we'll probably hear whether or not, uh, you know, 100% confirmation on Terry Francona and, and just what his status is. Uh, on Thursday in, in that release. Um, looking forward to that announcement. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. There's always a, you know, they kind of throw you a few curveballs at, uh, you know, when at this time of the year, uh, you do, and you do, we don't anticipate a, a whole lot of changes in the big league staff. In fact, I don't think there will be, but, you know, there could be an addition with the, there will be an addition with the assistant pitching coach. I guess, you know, Joe Torres is, is a possibility um, you know, who was the uh, minor league uh, pitching coordinator last season uh, w- with the Guardians. So uh, we'll, we'll get that announcement. Uh, you know, this is about the time uh, during the offseason where we're seeing a lot, uh, where we would normally be seeing a lot of players being signed to uh, minor league deals, getting invites to camp or announcements of younger players on the 40-man roster who are going to get invites to major league camp. And we would start to get like a sense and an idea of what that camp roster would look like. And from there, we would be able to formulate uh, our opinions and our ideas on what the camp battles and the, 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 the position battles and the, you know, the, who, what numbers of, of players would be, you know, in a numbers game for the final roster spots. But right now we're being robbed of that because of this lockout. Yeah, you know, and uh, they do have, you know, a couple of, they did sign a couple of minor league uh, free agents with invitations to big league camp. 
before the lockout was Sandy Leone. And I think there was a pitcher, a couple pitchers that they, that they invited, but yeah, I mean, and the Indians usually, you know, I mean, the Indians, the guardians usually play so heavily in, in that market. Uh, you know, it's not unusual. For, it's not unusual for them to have, you know, 15 to 20 spring training invitees coming to camp. So we would have a much better, you know, grasp on that right now. And, and but with the lockout, I, I just don't know what what this is going to look like when this thing ends, Joe. It, you know, you've got the arbitration guys; they've got to settle. They've got to, you know, they've got to settle with those guys, and then you know you have to fill out the you know your camp roster. It's it's going to be the wild west. It's going to be a, a you know a, a shooting match every day uh, for sure. Uh, once things get wrapped up here, uh, as you know, hopefully there's a little bit more movement here in this, this upcoming week, this next couple of weeks here, uh, so that we don't start losing or having to rearrange the spring training schedule too much. Uh, I, I, my fear is if we go a little bit longer, we're going to start losing, you know, the, the, the pitcher's report date. We're going to lose the, the first couple of games of the exhibition season. And, you know, that, that would not be ideal. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, the clock is really ticking on that. You know, they have to get this done by you know, the end of February or, you know, the first week of March or, you know, this thing is, you know, there's going to be some, you know, consequences to it. Right. All right. Before we jump into the National League East and our look at what they did before the lockout, just wanted to take a moment to mention subtext. You can still get ongoing updates from Hoinsey and myself via text message. Uh, and as soon as we know anything about rosters, about uh, the lockout, about negotiations, anything that we learn, uh, we pass it on to you there at, um, uh, at subtext, uh, Guardian subtext, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext uh, is, is the way to go and, and sign up for there. Uh, just a, a great way to stay in touch and, and get uh, personalized messages that you can, you can reply to us too and, and give us your opinions and uh, it's also a way to get access to exclusive um, uh, chats, and we'll do another couple of these, um, uh, you know, preseason uh, uh, Zoom calls where we talk to some of you guys and, and get your opinions on stuff. Uh, Hoinsey, let's dive into the National League East and uh, the moves that they made before the lockout. Uh, start with the Braves going really quickly here. Uh, they signed former Padres closer Kirby Yates to a two-year, $8.25 million contract in November. Uh, really what they they need to, to figure out is if they're going to re-sign Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Kirby Yates, has, they gave him two, two years, $8.25 million, and he, had, he didn't pitch it all last year, did he, Joe? I think he, he's coming back from Tommy John. And they've got a ton of free agents. And uh, Freddie Freeman, of course, is – I would, I would think uh, face of the franchise, their number one guy that they've got to get a deal done with him. Right. Uh, Yates is actually coming off his second Tommy John surgery. So uh, that makes what they did for him even, even more surprising, but you're right. Freddie Freeman is the biggest, he, he's the linchpin to their entire off season. If you bring Freddie Freeman back and, and you got to believe Freddie Freeman wants to be back there after winning a world series with them. Uh, you know, he, but again, uh, some team could throw a whole lot of money at Freddie Freeman and he winds up in pinstripes or, or something like that. And that would be worse. 
Uh, yeah, Alex Anthropolis, that though he made those great moves with the, for the, those outfielders, uh, mm-hmm. Rosario, Peters, Peterson, Duvall, Solar. They're all free agents, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so, the, MV, the World Series MVP and the NLCS or the NL, uh, yeah, the NLS, NLCS uh, MVP, MVP. Are, are both free agents. Right. Uh, uh, Freddie, uh, Eddie Rosario made himself quite a bit of money in the, in the postseason, so we'll, uh, we'll see where he signs and, and what, what his next move is. Uh, the Marlins, uh, I guess uh, this is, a, again, a club that it, it looks like, you know, they made the playoffs in the, the shortened season, um in in 2020 but again kind of struggled in uh 2021 uh just you know i, I don't think uh, a lot of you know their moves are going to be the, the the big sort of uh glamorous eye-catching moves that they've they've made they need uh probably uh, an outfielder like a kyle schwarber or michael conforo eddie rosario actually makes a lot of sense for them yeah, uh, they did sign uh, Evasail uh, Garcia, mm-hmm. you know, uh, four years, $53 million. Um, You know, so he's an outfielder from Milwaukee. They've, they, our old buddy, uh, Eric Gonzalez, you know, came up with uh, the, uh, the Guardians, signed a minor league deal there. And uh, their pitching is, is, is uh, the, the best part of that club. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Sandy Al- Alcantara, just signed a five-year, $56 million extension. They've got some good young pitching, um, but offense is kind of a little shaky, a little a little shaky down there. What, 67 and 95 last year? Right. And, yeah, they, they really do need to, to sort of look to the outfield and add there. You know, maybe they could uh, try to trade for a, a guy like Cattell a, a Marte. They're, they're sort of in that same position that the Guardians are in looking to – uh, add an outfielder, add a bat, add, add somebody in the middle of their lineup. Uh, so they might be competition for Cleveland in, in terms of those kinds of trades. Uh, let's let's talk about the Mets because, you know, who doesn't love a good dumpster fire? Uh, they signed Max Scherzer. Uh, they they signed uh, Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna. They've spent a whole lot of money in the offseason already. To, to try and make this, uh, you know, make this thing work. And, and then they went and hired Buck Showalter to, to lead the group. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, <laughs> Steve Cohen is putting his, putting his money where his mouth is, the new owner. Uh, Showalter, like you said, Scherzer, Canna, uh, Starling Marte, Ed, Eduardo Escobar. Uh, just uh, they've, they've spent a lot of money on this ball club. And uh, you've got to look. You've got to like what that rotation looks like uh, now, Joe. What uh, Degrom and uh, Scherzer—they've won five uh, Cy Youngs among them. You know, between those two guys, uh, if if they can stay healthy, you know that that they're going to be a really, really a, a, a tough team. Uh, you know, in the NL East, uh, the the Braves have won four straight uh, division titles there, but the Mets have to be you know, really look right in their rear view mirror. Yeah, I think uh, the one spot that they might need to improve once the lockout ends, maybe in the bullpen. I knew Aaron Loop is gone uh, from there, and he was a big part of their bullpen. So, you know, maybe they um, maybe they look to, to fortify that with a veteran. Uh, let's look at the Nationals. Uh, this is a, 
a team that, you know, is, is probably trying to figure itself out right now. Uh, they've seen their franchise's best player, uh, you know, from, from the last several years, uh, go to the Dodgers and then now go uh, to a, a division rival. So they're going to have to face Max Scherzer in some capacity a, a bunch of times this year. Uh, you know, they, they need help basically all over. Yeah, this is a, a team that went 65 and 97 last year, Joe. They were uh, – and, and it just seems like yesterday they won the World Series. They won the World mm-hmm. Series in 2019. And look, look where they are right now. I mean, it, it's, it's frightening. I mean, they think Steven Strasburg can come back from uh, thoracic outlet surgery that he had last year. But this guy is, you know, only made like seven starts in the last two seasons. And Joe, they're paying this guy $35 million annually oh. from, two, from 2022 to 2026. And $14 wow. million a year is deferred. So, and this guy might, you know, who, who knows when he'll pitch. You know, by far their best player, maybe the best hitter in the game right now is Juan Soto. But he needs a lot of help, like you were saying. Well, and, and think about all that money they're giving Strasburg and how much of that money should be going to Soto for what Soto's uh, doing. Soto's the poster child for, you know, what the what the union is upset about in these negotiations. And, uh, you know, a guy who is uh, – he, he's a top five player maybe in, in, in all of baseball. And he's earning, what, the league minimum, you know, through his first, you know, three years. It's it's kind of ridiculous uh, just how good he is and how much he produces and how how little they have to pay him uh, each yeah, time. His 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 comp his comp is Ted Williams, <laughs> the last guy to hit four hundred. Oh That's an God. honest comp. That's a, that. <laughs> That's pretty. Uh, you, and you would pay Ted Williams the the league minimum. That's that's crazy. That's uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, Let's jump down to the Phillies, uh, another team sort of, sort of in disarray. They 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 had a pretty decent uh, you know pitching staff last year, but this is again another team that's going to be rebuilding uh, from the ground up, uh, you know, moving forward. Yeah, this this is a team where their their rotation is like you said, Joe, is pretty good. I mean, you know, Zach Wheeler second in the in the in the NL in, in the Cy Young voting last year, Aaron Nola. Ranger Suarez, you know, they've got Kyle Gibson came over from Texas and did a pretty nice job for them. But Joe, they've got major problems in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. In, the, in 2020, the pen had a 7.06 ERA last year. They led, they led the national league with 34 blown saves. And uh, you know, so they, they need some help in the pen. Definitely. That's where they'll be looking. And, you know, don't don't be surprised if their competition for the Guardians, for some of those uh, you know veteran guys that would come along and sign minor league deals for camp, then and you know it's a decision between Philly or Cleveland. That was a uh, you know Blake Parker uh, last year. The, the Cleveland picked up Blake Parker after he had spent time in Philly and, and sort of tried to help settle that bullpen down. Uh, we'll see where that goes. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap. They it up. converted just fifty-one percent of their save chances last year all right honey that's going to wrap it up for uh today's podcast we'll be back at it uh again on thursday with another edition of the cleveland baseball talk podcast we'll talk to you then
All right, Joe.